guy? Trollhaugen. <laughs> Trollhaugen? <laughs> Trollhaugen. Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we skip about Wikipedia, trying to find our way from one page to another. I am your dungeon instructor tonight, Tim, and with me oh. as always are my level nine paladin. Oh my gosh, uh, I'm Kyle. <laughs> and my level eight snow bunny. I'm Sky. Boom, yes. I'm higher level than you. Yes. I'm better class. I, what? I, don't, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, so tonight, um, so what we do is we, we start on one page of Wikipedia and we use the links inherent in those pages to race <laughs> to a goal destination. Uh, so recently I uh, went to the Origins Game Fair in Columbus, Ohio, which, uh, which features a lot of tabletop games uh, and RPGs. Uh, one day I went upstairs and I saw a lot of people standing in line for something. Mm. And uh, I went up and I and I asked them what it was for, and they said it was for a, a Dungeons and Dragons tote bag that they were giving out at noon each day in limited wow. quantities. And I'm like, what kind of weirdo stands in line for another 45 minutes to get a tote bag? Was it you? Are you? It's the a really nice tote bag. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, um, it's got a really cool logo on it. That's great. Uh, so was that it, got me, yeah. Was it just a tote bag, or did it have like stuff in it? It had a few things in it. Um, nothing really major. There were some like paper cutout standees you could use. Oh, weird for like okay. monsters, and then just a few sheets of paper with some stuff on it. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> Not really a whole lot, but but the the tote bag itself is very high quality. I'm quite cool. pleased with that tote bag. That so, that sounds pretty neat. While standing in line, I, I came up with tonight's game. <laughs> oh, uh, that's great. So naturally, we're starting at Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, of course we are. Okay. It was also uh, hot okay. bad day. So I wanted to end at Ski Resort. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you so just came up with those and was like, we can make these yeah. work. So we're going from the... Well, I mean, there, there are cold places in Dungeons and Dragons too, but I usually think of hot, like, Dragon's Breath and... And ski resorts. And then, yeah. Cool off. I mean... At the bottom of the hill with a nice um, yeah. ale, mead, I feel whatever like they drink. Probably, there's probably at least one ski resort that is themed around a dragon somehow. I, that's got to be a thing. Oh, I'm glad you asked oh my or gosh. mused uh, to decide what goes first mused. tonight. Great. Good We're going to play a little game. Nice work, Kyle. <laughs> and I call this game Ski and D. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have. I have. I need to get my dice. I'm gonna hang out now. No, I, I actually have a die dice. here. Okay. Is it a twenty-sided um, die? Yes, it is. Okay, good. Of course, it is. Has to be. So I have the names of ten locations that I actually found off of Wikipedia, and uh, we'll decide who goes first with this die. But okay. Uh, when I give the name, you have to tell me if this is the location of a ski resort in. Oh, no. The United States, <laughs> or a place from Dungeons and Dragons lore. Oh, wow. Boy. Okay. I feel like there's going to be a lot of overlap here, but okay. <laughs> <clears throat> it it kind of yeah. Um, I actually did make sure I did ensure that none of these places do have double duty in both uh, categories. So it they is don't have D&D. all of them are only <laughs> a ski resort 
or ski location. Until or, today. <clears throat> until today, someone's going to open up a place, right? And mess up my test. I like how you <laughs> assume that someone's going to open up a ski resort named Dungeons <laughs> Dragons and somebody, instead of some like dungeon master, adding a ski resort to his Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Well, that's which is happening. totally better. I have to yep. admit that Sorry. would be amazing. <laughs> I stand corrected. I want that to happen now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Like, go on. Like Orkin Peak or something like that. I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to roll this die. And I want both of you to shout out a number. That's a really quiet die. <laughs> not at the too. same time. I'm not rolling. I mean, I'm rolling it in my palm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on the table yet. You'll hear it. Oh, okay. So as soon as I roll, each of you yells out a number, and I will tell you what the number is, and whoever's closest gets to go first. 23. Um, you, you do know what a 17. D20 is, right? <laughs> okay, I'll go with 10. I do. I was just trying to mess up your game. I'm sorry, Tim. Uh, I'll go with 10. What did you go with, Sky? Well, now I'm going to go with 11, since he did it takes oh, backsies. Oh, jerk. Ooh, well, you should have stayed where you were, because it's 19. All right, well, I'm closer then. Oh, that is true. You're still closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Man, that is a good roll. Nice job. I wish I could keep that for an actual session. Anyway. Yeah. I your proficiency you is probably plus two, so you got like a 21. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't you know cl- you guys You climbed that wall. I climbed that wall. I drank that mead. <laughs> I clicked that link. Okay. So, Sky. Oh, my gosh. That's what we should be doing is we have to roll every time we click a link and we see how we do. <laughs> <laughs> if we do poorly, you send us to a different link. That would be pretty That'd great. Be amazing. <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe. but I would, like to, I would like to get done with this game yeah. sometime tonight. True. All right, Sky, your first uh, question here, or name. Oh, man, I thought I was, I was ready to be like, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah, I got to actually win this game. Yeah, you got to win this game now. <laughs> Neshoba Valley, American ski location or Dungeons and Dragons lore? Neshoba Wow. I'm going to say American ski. Yes, in Massachusetts. Okay. Wow. All right. This guy's nice. got one point. All right, Kyle. Winter place. Aw, that sounds cute. Um, <laughs> oh, man. See, you could go both ways on that just because they do that kind of thing. That's kind of why I put yeah. it in this quiz. <laughs> it's, it's kind of what this quiz is. Uh, let's go D&D. No, sorry. It is a it. ski location in West Virginia. Nice. They would. No, okay. Sky. Kratka Ridge. Kratka? Kratka. K-R-A-T-K-A. Ah, that sounds D&D to me. That is a ski resort in California. <laughs> okay. Kyle. Winter Keep. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just being a jerk. All right. Uh, all right. D&D. That is correct. Yes. Sky, Frostfire. 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 Yep. I knew you'd finish that for me. Uh, Frostfire. Uh, D&D? It's in North Dakota. Wow. Wow. Okay. Kyle, Mirabar. Oh, no. I feel like I've heard of this, but again... Uh, let's go ski resort. D&D. No. <laughs> Sky, Trollhaugen. <laughs> Trollhaugen? Trollhaugen. Uh, this is great. in the United States. It's in Wisconsin. No. Yes. <laughs> Although that's pretty great. I was like, that one's too obvious. It has to be. <laughs> it, has it has to, to be, be fake. Yep. 
Kyle, Fey Run. That has to be D and D. It is D and D. Okay. <laughs> because if it were a place oh. in America, they would just call it Fairy Run. <laughs> True. <laughs> okay, Sky. Spine of the World. Wow. Whoa. Spine of the World. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, I'm so. I'm going to go ski resort. D and D. Yes. Still okay. Tied up. Wow. Both of you are currently tied. So, Kyle, if you get this correct, you will be going first tonight. There you go. Yes. If you don't get it correct, there is a tiebreaker. Oh, okay. Okay, Kyle. Yeah. American Ski Location or Dungeons and Dragons Lore? I really thought for a second you were going to just say a place called American Ski Location. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, what it is, is Eldora. Oh, my gosh. All right. It feels close to Eldorado, but... Uh, American ski location. It's in Colorado. Yes. Nice. All right. Good job, Kyle. Of course they would. Of course they would. Um, The tiebreaker would have been whoever yelled it first. Uh, Smuggler's Notch. Wow. D and D. Nope. Ski resort in Vermont. I would have gotten that wrong. Not very good at this. (laughs) It's tough. I mean, I didn't really expect (laughs) you guys to like outright know these things. Nope. That would have been amazing, though. But that's what makes these fun. Good job. That that's uh, that was pretty intense. I I could easily have seen most of those going both ways. All right, Kyle. Uh, we are starting tonight on Dungeons and Dragons. A thing I don't know anything about. I've been around since 1974. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Uh, it is abbreviated D and D or D N D, which I didn't know was a. Uh, accepted abbreviation. Yep. I always see that as do not disturb. That's what the subreddit <laughs> is. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay. It, I've heard. <laughs> this is one of those things that there but for the grace of God. Like I, I could I'm like right on the edge of being into this, but But your boyfriend keeps you from being yes, into it. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what it is. I actually dated a guy who was super into it and it was very annoying. <laughs> okay because, well because i because mean chances he, are yeah because <laughs> he would talk about it for like three hours and that's cool but i wasn't i wasn't around to actually play the games all right so, so i just got it all secondhand i'm like uh okay this is neat i guess yeah recaps of uh tabletop gaming aren't exactly the yeah it's, the best. it's definitely something you have to be there for to actually yeah. I have feel a like good chance of enjoying it. Yeah, I feel like if I had actually been playing it with them, I probably would have gotten into it. But yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, it is. Uh, let's see. How do they describe it? It was derived from miniature war games, the variation of the chainmail game serving as the initial rule system. Wait, there was a game that D&D came from? Wow. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it sounds like just like the rules, like the probably the, the dice mechanic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, D&D's publication is is commonly recognized as the beginning of the modern role-playing games and, <laughs> and the role-playing game industry. Wow. Uh, D&D repart- departs from traditional wargaming and assigns each player a specific character to play instead of a military formation. Oh, okay, I get how that works. Uh, how earlier games would have just been like a group of people. I see. Yep. That sounds incredibly boring. I don't know how anyone did that. Um... But the, okay, so these characters embark upon imaginary adventures within a fantasy setting. 
Dungeon Master is the game's referee and storyteller. Do you guys wait? Because you guys play this occasionally. Do you guys uh, does does your DM uh, do they serve as a referee? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you basically like tell them what you want to do sometimes. Okay. And they kind of decide whether it's allowable or not. Oh, oh, to keep in to keep in line with what's mm-hmm. with the story. Right, and and how difficult it might yeah. be. Yeah, the story, the mechanics, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Neat. Um, let's see. Uh, early success led to proliferation of similar game systems. Uh, there. Oh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and then let's see what else. I, I keep looking. I feel like there are some other things that I should recognize. Oh, look, here we are. <clears throat> Dungeons & Dragons is known beyond the game for other D&D branded products, references in popular culture, and some con- some of the controversies that surrounded it, particularly a moral panic in the 1980s, falsely linking it to Satanism and suicide. That's oh, funny. yeah. I remember uh, they had those, like, chick tracks. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. That um, just basically said it was just this big ticket to... Um, you know, if people's characters died, they would kill themselves. Yes. I wonder, like, how that came about. Like, how does something like that start? Just well, imaginations? I don't, well, don't really I know. To kn- I do. I, at the time, okay, this is a dumb thing that I can't believe I remember. But, um, I, yes, my family, I saw that chick track as a, as a kid. And uh, I asked... Uh, I asked about it, and look, I remember looking this up a long time ago, but apparently there was a dude <laughs> who killed himself, and it's related somehow to his D&D character. Oh, um, weird. Okay. I feel like it's probably on this page somewhere. I don't want to go It's probably something for it. like where like he killed himself in the same way his character died or something. Or something like that, I'm sure. As opposed to he killed himself because his character died. Correct. Yes, yes. Yeah. That makes uh, sense. Because you can, going, you can just make another one. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's a game. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. But I, I specifically remember that being a thing that my parents talked about, and then also um, that the whole idea of D and D in general was just to get people in spending habits where they would just need to buy the next thing and buy the next thing and buy the next. Oh thing. yeah, that's terrible. I'm glad so, nothing like that ever happens in any other aspect of the world no no never uh so, oh james dallas egbert the third might be this person they're talking sounds, about some people who have that sounds um, vaguely familiar <laughs> is that was a student at michigan state university who disappeared from his dormitory room on august 15 1979 oh no disappearance that- was widely reported in the press and his participation in dungeons and dragons was seized upon by press and investigators alike as being potentially related to his disappearance Oh my gosh! Um, Wait, did, did he? Did they find him? Did, is I? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, they must have. Weird. The reason I'm all right, like the reason I'm remembering this is now that you're saying that name, I'm getting like flashes of the Seven Hundred Club. Oh, so okay. like, ah, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to click that. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's definitely not the direction I want to go here. Yeah, but yeah, but, this is this is the guy who tried to. Oh, that's he committed terrifying. suicide, yeah. Oh, no. uh, it inspired the movie Mazes and Monsters. I never saw that. Which um, was one of the first uh, appearances of Tom Hanks. Wow. Wow. He stars Crazy. a student who suffers stars. a psychotic, stars as a student, 
who suffers a psychotic breakdown while playing the game. <laughs> the game. The game. Okay, uh, well, I'm not going to talk about any of this again, because that's terrifying. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to... That, well, that, that's just part of the, the thing that I remember from my youth. It was just, it was, you know, this, this strange event happened, and then people were like, oh, there's this new thing that he was doing, so... Yeah. We don't know what this is, so it probably was to blame. Yeah. <laughs> that never um, happens anymore. But let's let's talk about some people, uh, notable people who do play Dungeons and Dragons. Who are they, Tim? Um, Pulitzer Prize winning author Jeannot Diaz. Oh, Professional wow, really? basketball player Tim Duncan. Wow. Comedian Stephen Colbert. Actors <laughs> Vin Diesel. Oh, Oh, uh, Colbert, I know, uh, yeah, he he had a cameo in the second Lord of the Rings movie, didn't he? I think he did, yeah. Hmm. He's one of the people in the background, yes. Was it the second Lord of the Rings or second Hobbit? Oh, maybe it's the second oh. Hobbit movie. One oh, of them. Like, I, I think it was, it was either last year or the year before that Vin Diesel showed off this, like, birthday cake <laughs> that was shaped like a stack of D&D manuals. Wow. I was really going to say played it with like Felicia Day and Will Wheaton's one time on tabletop or one of the shows that they did. Yeah, he was involved somehow. The guy loves it. It's awesome. I think Jamie Lee Curtis loves it as well because she is also a a big uh, geek nerd in several ways. An awesome super nerd. Awesome nerd. nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Her her um, cosplay. Antics are, are amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is really fun. Yes, <laughs> I love when she neat. does that. Okay, is that it? Are those all the all the people who play? Those it? were all. Oh, and they also mentioned Robin Williams. Oh, oh, I I did not know, but I completely believe it. D and D and its fans have been subject to spoof films, including Fear of Girls and The Gamers: Darkness Rising, and basically ma- being made fun of it at every opportunity. Hard by, hard. by everyone. Uh, which is a which is a problem, but I, it's a thing out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, where would you like to go, Kyle? Well, so I'm I've got a I've got a plan, sort of, <laughs> <laughs> sort of. You just just work with me on this, I guess. So, uh, the world of D anD D was influenced by world mythology, history, pulp fiction, and contemporary fantasy novels. The importance of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit are, as an influence on D.A.D. is controversial, which I did not know that was a thing that could be controversial. Why are people arguing about this? <laughs> why, <of> <laughs> why would they not argue about this? <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> why would nerds not argue about this? <laughs> Actually, that's a really good point. I can see why everyone would be upset about this. <laughs> Uh, the presence in the game of halflings, elves, half-elves, dwarves, orcs, rangers, and the like draw comparisons to these works. It goes on to mention a bunch of the other possible character uh, connections to Tolkien, but I'm going to go back to this little link uh, that uh, dwarves are linked here, and I'm going to click on dwarves. Okay, dwarves, which are well known for their skiing skills. I'm seeing where you're going. Yeah, yes, sure. that's exactly what it is. Yes, thank you. Uh, Sky, where are you going to go? Uh, it says other influences include the works of Robert E. Howard, who I don't know, uh, <laughs> Edgar Rice Burroughs, who oh, I think I've heard of, but don't Tarzan, know. Tarzan, Tarzan. Okay. A. Merritt, who I don't know, H.P. Lovecraft, who I do know, and I'm yes. going to be clicking on. H.P. Lovecraft, also yep. a big skier. It's time yep. to get cold. 
<laughs> oh, oh, I see yeah. where you're going. Okay. Go with, no, no, no. It's you're, you're waking the old ones or cold Even ones. Even though we've been here before. What before, before we waking leave. Waking the cold ones sounds like a yeah, yeah, bizarre tie-in to Buzz, Budweiser. <laughs> like, yeah, I did that wrong. Forget wake up the cold one. <laughs> Oh man, that would be that would be an ad in one of in one of the D and D games themed around his his work. Yeah. Be, before we leave the world of D and D, we probably should mention uh, its creator Gary Gygax. Sure. Who is a well known? That, that definitely sounds like the name of the creator of D and D. Well known nerd hero was very active in the um, sort of the the promotional universe of this game. I mean, I uh, hope so. Yep. Uh, created in 1974, as we mentioned. Never looked um, back. Never looked back. Uh, was promoting it, was part of cons and everything up until his death in 2008. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. He died of, he had like two strokes and an aneurysm well, no, in that I, final time and passed away. I but I mean, yeah, I, I know you're saying it's amazing the- that he... he 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 loved the thing. He loved the world. That's that's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, so you are on dwarf. Oh, this is this is a Dungeons and Dragons dwarf. Yeah, this is what? not your common <laughs> no. dwarf. No, oh. no, I was fully expecting to just go to a dwarf Wikipedia. You didn't expect there to be separate pages for each D and D class and race on In, Wikipedia and sub race in D and D like. Does that mean like on the Tolkien page is there a Tolkien dwarf? So, you know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a Tolkien dwarf sounds almost <laughs> stereotypical. Your Tolkien dwarf. Oh, I got yeah. your Tolkien dwarf. Well, Tolkin. in a way, yeah. That's they're all they are. They are all, they're the all Tolkien, Tolkien characters. Yeah. Like Every uh, elf is the Tolkien elf. Mm-hmm. Oh my it definitely gosh. fits. <laughs> so, uh, aside from people on Wikipedia being completely insufferable and having too much time on their hands. This is apparently this is a pretty uh, decent, you know, uh, uh, description of what a dwarf is, I guess, in general, and also in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, according to this, it's a humanoid race, one of the primary races available for player characters. The <laughs> the primary races that doesn't sound bad. Uh, the idea for the D and D dwarf comes from the European mythologies and J.R.R. Tolkien's novel the lord of the rings which has a year reference in here but it's not one year it's like it lived is what like it says from 1954 to 1955 which implies that the book was alive for that year (laughs) uh it has been been used in D&D and its predecessor chainmail since the early 1970s uh variations from the standard dwarf archetype which is a great band name, of a short and stout demi-human are commonly called sub-races, oh boy, of which there are more than a dozen across many different rule sets and campaign settings. Uh, the concept of the dwarf comes from the Norse and Teutonic mythology, in particular, the dwarves in Germanic story The Ring of Nebelugan and the Brothers Grimm fairy tale of Rumpelstiltskin have been called ancestors, in quotes, for some weird reason, of Dungeons and Dragons dwarves. Hmm. Along with giants, dwarves were one of the first non-humans to be introduced to the chainmail gang. Chainmail game. <laughs> chainmail game. <laughs> yeah. The forebear of D&D when miniature figures of varying sizes. <laughs> well, we got we got this one that came off the line a little short. And these are a little too long. This one's a dwarf. <laughs> this one's a giant. There we go. All right. 
Uh, <laughs> um, so the dwarf first appears as a player character class in the 1974 original er, edition of Dungeons & Dragons, so that's apparently where they came along. They... Uh, let's see, how do they work? Or do they have, like, special things that dwarves can do? Oh my gosh, they have multiple kinds of they dwarves. They can grow full beards. Uh, the, uh, okay, hold on. The oh no, uh, females can too, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The arctic dwarf, gray dwarf, gold ah, dwarf, it. shield dwarf. What, uh, sky, is everything okay? Nothing, I just heard the word arctic. <laughs> okay. Oh, don't worry, it's not linked. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> it's yeah, like, no. that's snow. <laughs> snow dwarfs. Er, Erdnir and wild dwarf are all detailed in the races of, oh hey, races of Farron. There you go. <laughs> That's a lot of dwarves. Oh my gosh, there's even more. Dwarves are one of the races detailed in the races of stone. The, the dwarf, including the dwarf bolter and dwarf hammerer, appears monsters in the fourth edition of the Monster Manual in 2008. Mm. Wow. Okay, well, dwarves are also resistant to poison and magic for some weird reason and can see in the dark, a skill called infravision in earlier editions and dark vision. Beginning with mm. the third and more edgy edition. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Edgier D&D. Usually elves can do that. Well, apparently and dwarves can too. Could. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say that they are generally good in alignment. So I guess they have good... Uh, uh, oh my gosh, what's the word? I know what you're doing and I'm not going to uh, help you. Fine, jeez, thanks. <laughs> <sighs> posture, they have good posture. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to move on here. <laughs> Please do. Um, oh, all right. I, I, and I have a guess on where you're going, but I'll see. Let's see. Uh, hey, I'm going back to Faerun here. Faerun here. Uh, the far- Forgotten Realms of the World of Faerun has several major dwarven sub-races. That's weird. Uh, I'm not going to read about all these weird kinds of dwarves. <laughs> um, but a... a uh, subrace known as the hill dwarves pr- pr- uh, primarily reside in and around the deep realm an underground realm surrounding a Grand Canyon-like gorge I'm clicking Grand Canyon that's not what I expected well that's what I'm clicking so there's a big hole there's a big it's hole like, it's like very close to a slope it's well, the reverse of a mountain yes <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like a mold for a mountain yeah you just so, fill it up and you flip it over and you got a mountain. It over. It's like a bunch yeah. of band. A really long mountain. mountain. Yeah. <laughs> That's how God did the Andes. Got the spine of the world. <laughs> the hey, spine Lovecraft. of the world. We've been here before. Has you written yeah. anything new? No, no. <laughs> no. I mean, no. I, I wouldn't put it past him. Yep. Uh, so I was looking at this. Let's talk a little bit about his upbringing. Oh boy. He was frequently ill and had a sickly condition, if no you can get, if you can imagine that. <laughs> um he his father died. Ooh. Yeah, no good. Um and well he was hospitalized in an in institute first. Uh and then he was raised by his mom, his two maternal aunts, and his maternal grandfather, Whipple Van Buren Phillips. What? And I've already checked, it is not uh, the guy who made that toilet paper. Wow. Oh, so, Mr. Whipple. Yeah. <laughs> I was checking to see if he left behind, like, yeah, a toilet paper. <laughs> Just that says, like, no, please don't squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> All five resided together in the family home. 
Wow. Uh, and he was a prodigy, and you, which, yeah, I mean, they have great times uh, yep. reciting <laughs> poetry at the age of three and writing complete poems by six. Oh, wow. Yeah, I bet they were great poems. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. His grandfather encouraged his reading, providing him with classics such as the Arabian Nights, Bullfinch's Age of Fable, and children's versions of the Iliad and the Odyssey. Wow. Which I'm not Whoa. sure what the children's okay. versions of that are. <laughs> Got like, I don't know how you or... cut that down. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'm nobody. It, I would really love for it to be like picture book version. Of, I wonder if that's out there. Then there's a whole uh, subheading here that's just called reclusion. Mm. <laughs> the adult Lovecraft was gaunt with dark eyes set in a very pale face. He rarely went out at, before nightfall. Um, for five years after leaving school, he lived in isolated existence with his mother, writing primary po- primarily poetry without seeking employment or new social contracts. And then in 1913, he wrote a letter to the Argosy, which was a pulp magazine, complaining yeah. about the love stories that they were publishing. Ooh. Uh, and the ensuing debate in the magazine's letters column caught the eye of Edward F. Daz, who is president of the United Amateur Press Association. He was like, hey, yeah, good arguing on this pulp magazine. Come and join my organization. <laughs> he also tried to join the National Guard, but he didn't pass the you know physical examination. Right. Surprise. <laughs> um, Ouch. He Harsh. died. No, his mother died. I mean, he died too. But in 1919, <laughs> after suffering from hysteria and depression for a long time, she was put in the in the same mental hospital where her father had died. Oh my god! And then died two years later, wow. resulting from a gallbladder surgery. Holy so, cow! So not great times in the mind of Lovecraft, but he seemed to do okay with it. Is that can so? You, do you do you think that's? Would you call that doing okay? Well, can, can he may imagine. Books. That nerds yeah. like. True. I mean, I not what? just nerds, but also like English professors and. Mm, yeah. And that's that's a circle, Tim. Oh. <laughs> can, can you imagine if D&D had existed in his time? Oh, my God. See, what he might have done. Maybe I've mentioned this before, but it kind of weirds me out. Like, I'm into all these board games, right? Like, this, we have a board game renaissance going on and there's all these great games. And it freaks me out that. There's nothing stopping past generations from making these board games. Oh, sure. Like, yeah, the mechanics, even though they're complicated, like they could have happened. Oh, totally. The only thing stopping them is that they had lives to live and had to like go do things. (laughs) (laughs) And like did not have leisure time. And there there are so many board games about Cthulhu and Elder Gods. And of course, there's RPGs about Elder Gods, such as Call of Cthulhu. Yep. So, I mean, he definitely left a mark. The the two things are definitely related. I mean, I feel like a lot of people go through a Lovecraft phase. Did you? Did either of you? No. I did. I I went through a small Poe phase. Oh yeah. 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 Oh wait. I read a a lot of Poe. Oh well, that's that's still pretty good. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I I wouldn't say I went through a Lovecraft phase, but I I still really enjoy the comic Hellboy. Okay. And that borrows heavily from Lovecraft. That so, makes sense. I mean, again, I'm like right on the edge of that. So I probably would enjoy it. I, what I've read is is tough. I don't know how, how I would describe it. Yeah. And it's kind of like one of those things, too. Like, it's... 
not a product of the time. What am I thinking? It's kind of emblematic of a style of writing that didn't exist before oh, him. Sure, sure. And so mm-hmm. that's why it's a big deal. Um, the fact that he could he he wrote about all this crazy stuff and basically didn't describe it, and somehow that made it good um, by not I mean, describing the yeah. thing, but like like using what's not there to create a sense of horror and terror. I, I, you know I what mean, I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, like not filling in all the gaps so that it's even scarier. I was going to say like your imagination does the best job right. of scaring you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think one of the best things you can do to nullify something that could be horrific is give it a name. Right. Exactly. So Clarence. Clarence. Yeah. It would be a well, very see? different book if it was Call of Clarence. The yeah, Clarence see? mythos. He's well, just coming over for tea. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> the color um, out of space coming over for tea. Yeah, well, it's, it's, part of the, it's part of the charm of uh, Welcome to Night Vale because they treat stuff like that yes. with an everyday, with kind of the everyday gate of like, oh yeah, well, you know, uh, you have to remember this week to recycle your bloodstones. You know, like that's... right. Like that's a thing. It's kind of adorable. You you just kind of roll with it because like, oh yeah, this is a part of, this is what you do. It's not scary. This is part of life. Definitely. Um, Anyway, I, I would just like to point out while you were doing that, I should have been reading the Grand Canyon page, but I was not. (laughs) I went to, (laughs) I did some research and yes, there is a picture book of the Iliad. (laughs) Okay. Nice. Uh, A children's version. I've linked it. I've linked you guys to it there. That makes sense. Um, the uh, if you click on the link, they have a couple of the images here and a, one of the short essays, I guess, where they they break it down for us here. But I think my favorite part is of the fourth image in the link or the set of images there, where they have like a a silhouette cutout holding the book up against their chest. So you yes, get, they so do this for so many books. And I love it. <laughs> That's so you can see interesting. The size and shape of right, the book. Right, you gotta see the size of the book. But how do we know what the size of the person is? They could be a dwarf. Yeah, they could know? be a giant. Oh, uh, yeah. What, what flavor? Yeah, cookie dough. Cookie dough? What? what? Sweet. Nope, not I just okay. got. I just got a, a flurry delivered to me. Ah. I'm not, I, mm. I can't. I'm, oh, you're the worst. Tim, oh. I, I automatically win because of this, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, where are you going, Sky? Aside from to heaven, bliss. <laughs> mm. I'm going. <laughs> totally uh, At the Mountains of Madness is a book he wrote. Oh, nice. <laughs> it takes place in Antarctica. So I'm going to the Mountains of Madness. This is amazing. Like down. No, I got it. I got delicious. it. Delicious. Mm. Is I it absolutely at the mountains of madness? Hmm? Yeah. Okay. I definitely did not ask you that while you were trying to eat that on purpose at all. So we have a place just down the street. Maybe I told you this, Tim. Ice cream place, and it's like it's like a little like gas station, subway sort of deal, and, and a little ice cream shop. Mm-hmm. And they have pretty good ice cream, and we've been going down there since we moved Wait, here last year. I'm sorry. Did you just say a gas station ice cream shop? Yeah, it's kind of like a weird. Yeah, haven't you ever had gas station ice cream? It's like a cream? private gas station, if that makes nope. sense. <laughs> it's not it's a got like a ever. convenience store. It's weird. That is weird. Um, That's an accurate description of that of that. Setting. Like it's not a brand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not. 
the name of it is Campu Corners. Like what? Because it's by <laughs> Campu Lake. It's you know, it's it's like a camp that you like really much and want to marry. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. My um, campu. <laughs> anyway, so we went down to they they lost my business a few weeks ago. Oh what? <laughs> because I went there. Okay. I went there and I ordered a a birthday cake Sunday. I was like, I'm gonna treat myself. You know, I'm not usually I just get a, like a cone or something. I'm like, no, today I earned today, this. It was birthday it actually, cake Sunday. And it's was it, it was listed as a Sunday? special Sunday. No, it wasn't a Sunday. Oh, well okay. Then it um, was a special day. Yes, it was a special day. <laughs> and I ordered it, and the girl behind the counter took my order. And she came back with my ice cream. And she said, I didn't have any birthday cake ice cream, so I just used vanilla. Here you go. <laughs> so I had mm. a vanilla. I had a Sunday with vanilla, like soft serve vanilla uh, ice cream. Amazing. Hot fudge and sprinkles. Amazing. And what I should have said is, well, can I have, can I different? just pay for a Sunday? But I was so shocked and <laughs> I was just like, okay, and I just walked away. Sky, like, what is, human being doesn't go like, oh, we don't have birthday cake ice cream. Would you like, like a different Would you like one? a different co- right. kind? Or here's your money. Like, would you like me to just make you regular Sunday? Like, and then I'll give you money back? But, we, like, she's just like, oh, birthday cake, birthday cake and vanilla just taste the same. Sky, we, I can absolutely see you doing this too. That's the best part mm-hmm. of this whole thing. So we don't go there anymore. We didn't oh, have man. any. We didn't have it's any said, filet meat on. Uh, <laughs> so I used some Alpo. Yeah. Jeez. First so off, we, we go to a different I, place. Now we go to the Frosty Boy a little bit farther. Frost. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There's a place called Frosty Boy, and you didn't go there first. Well, it's a little bit farther. Frost, and like, it's called Frosty Boy. So. It was Frosty Boy last year, too, and it wasn't any good. We went a couple times, oh, and we were like, this okay. sucks. And then it got new ownership, and they have better ice cream, and they even sell, like, fried chicken. And so it's really good. Do they and now stick it in ice cream? Now we're really happy. I don't know. I haven't asked, but now next time I go, I promise you, I will ask them if they can, like, blend up some chicken into some soft-serve vanilla twist uh, and yeah. see if they will actually hand it to me. I don't... I don't... Chicken I'm just really cream. concerned about the names of the places that are near you. <laughs> Why? That's that's not a normal like I would not go to Frosty a place Boy? called Frosty, Frosty Boy. Boy. Yeah, Frosty, Frosty Boy is like the awesome. most generic name. I don't know. That sounds weird to me. <laughs> that's and weird. What was the one? Campu? What? Campu? What do you Corners? call it in Ohio? Ice, ice cream. Ice child. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just have you just have businesses that are called ice cream. cream? Go down to the go down to the ice child, you know. <laughs> Let's go get some ice cream at ice cream. No, we. No, you no, have Jenny's. Our yeah, Jenny's. Oh, or Jenny's. Actually, Handles is the place that's near us. That is the big, like the really big one. Oh, that's uh, normal. Yeah, Handles. It's a last okay. name. It's like a last was, name. Yeah. It's mm. a composer. Yeah, there's also that. I'm really surprised they don't actually make any play off of that. Like every year at Christmas. Or, I mean, not that you would buy ice cream at Christmas, but, like, I'm surprised they don't sell, like, gift books or something like that. They don't that. want to confuse their brand. It's mm-hmm. just a weird choice, I guess. Um, but, yeah, there you, you could get Jenny's. In fact, they will ship it to you. Mm. You can order it. They will mail it to you. Yeah. Um, it so, costs a lot, but you can yeah. do it. So, when I was at Origins, 
um, which is in Columbus. It is right across from the North Market where there is a Jenny's. Mm -hmm. And I went there for ice cream and it was the best ice cream I ever had in my life. And there were people in front of me that just they they sell coolers and like dry ice blocks and stuff. So people coming in from, you know, out of state can just grab as much ice cream as they can and take it home with them. Yes. Dang. And this happens on a regular basis. Yes, they do that. It's a weird thing or not a weird thing, but it's a thing like people have been doing that for a long, long time with Jenny's. It's very because uh, it was only a local brand and only recently in the last year or so have they brought a uh, a branch of it up by me. Um, so I can actually go up in Northeast Ohio here. Now I can actually get it without a two hour drive, but I can't eat it because I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, which is a shame. That sucks. And it's like the, the Twilight the Zone. Version, I've linked it. I've linked <laughs> you guys to it that it is so good, Tim, um, is that it, they make their stuff very similar to gelato, which basically means a lot more cream and a lot more sugar. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the main things that they do that's different. So it's not like it's not true ice cream, I guess. It's more like a blend of those two things. Um. Which I get. I mean, technically, gelato is just a different kind of ice cream. So, potato, potato, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it is. It is very delicious. Every time I have had it, it, it has been worth it. So, yeah. Groovy. Uh, so yeah, let's let's go to another great named attraction, the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I mean, at least it's called what it is. True. Straightforward pretty grand and it's a canyon uh it is a steep-sided canyon carved by the colorado river in the state of arizona in the united states it is contained within and managed by the grand canyon national park the park manages it i mean like i thought it was the spirits of the canyon i would imagine that's how i see it. <laughs> um president theodore roosevelt was a major proponent of the preservation of the grand canyon area area and visited it on numerous occasions to hunt and enjoy the scenery. He hunted the scenery, huh? Um, I hope he hit it. Like <laughs> I keep shooting into this canyon and I get nothing. <laughs> There's a really complex joke in there somewhere. <laughs> um, so it, 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 the way that this sounds, like uh, I'm trying to look at this now to see the history. I want to see, let's see, American Exploration. There is a lot on this page. Yeah, this is a really uh, intense page. The, the age of the Grand Canyon is given as six million years old. Just in general, I mean. Mm -hmm. Six million? Yep. Dang, it's not old <laughs> as hell. That's yeah. like pretty young for, for canyons. Oh, how did they say, uh, there is a section here on how it probably, okay. Um. Oh, yeah, really, here we go. Yeah, really go ahead. Two, two billion years of Earth's geological history have been, ex have been exposed as the Colorado River and its tributaries cut their channels through layer after layer of rock while the, Grand, while the Colorado Plateau was uplifted. So it was more like the river was going down while the plateau was being pushed up by rock underneath it. Uh, while some aspects about the history of incision of the canyon are debated by geologists, much like elves and orcs and uh, their use in Tolkien, are debated by nerds, several... Recent studies support the hypothesis that the Colorado River established its course through the area about five or six million years ago. 
So, uh, yeah, it looks like the river is doing most of the cutting. And right. simultaneously, the cliffs are kind of pushing themselves apart, which is pretty amazing. Uh, there are some studies that have put the canyon's age at about 17 million, or even as old as 70 million years. But there, these, um, the 70 million year old study has been criticized by those who support the quote unquote young canyon age of around six million years as quote an attempt to push the interpretation of their new data to the limits without consideration of the whole range of other geologic data sets wow so oh dang so there um hmm so i wanted to look at this just to see what happened uh roosevelt visited the grand canyon in 1903 uh he established it as a game preserve in 1906 um not long after uh, but then, okay, Sky, I hear you. I, I hear you there. You're enjoying We're your finishing up. Uh-huh. We're doing it on purpose. How many times uh, have you eaten desserts <laughs> during our podcast? Several times. I live a great life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of desserts. <laughs> I stick in my fat tummy. <laughs> uh. Thank consolation. I mean, cookie dough's good, but it's like not my favorite. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, well, I really hope so that sad. I, I hope she does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 it won't happen. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. So uh, it looks like how about like that canyon? Were, yeah, no, it looks like there were a couple. Uh, well, there have been uh, people trying to. Uh, get like land and ma- and mining claims on this area uh but they I, they blocked it or they've been blocking them for a long time of course as a u.s national monument uh, right since like 1908 yeah but let's see between tw- uh, 2003 and 2011 2000 oh my gosh um okay so have you guys been to the grand canyon i've never no. been oh really i've been really? twice Oh, well, I'll yeah. take one of those times then. I've been uh, there twice, and I had some really good ice cream there. <laughs> no, so we have, when we I went with my family. I called Frostyboro. <laughs> we went with my family when I was in high school. We videotaped the most exciting part of the Grand Canyon, which was the squirrel. What? That there, there, was, there was like those, those trash cans that had little flaps. Okay. And he'd go in there. And he'd go go down, and he'd he'd disappear for a bit, and then suddenly you see a little hand clasp the edge, and it would pull it back so it could get out of the trash can, what? and then have a piece of Twizzler, and it would just sit there and <laughs> nom on the Twizzler until the Twizzler was gone. That's on top of the trash can, and then you go back down and you'd get another Twizzler. What? <laughs> and you'd come back. Yeah, it was like the pull and peel ones, and he just kept like getting pieces <laughs> of Twizzler, and he he like I don't know why he didn't stay down there. But he just kept coming back up, being adorable. It there was, was like probably... a group of people watching him. Um, <laughs> and that was like the highlight of my Grand Canyon experience. While everyone was watching, there's another squirrel just climbing up and like pickpocketing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, there's no acorns in this pocket either. In this pocket either. <laughs> What's the shiny stuff? This what is useless. People... <laughs> yeah. We're not crows, damn it. What's wrong with you people? That's amazing. Anyway, sorry. Well, that's way better than anything I was going to talk about. Uh, there are a lot of claims, and people are still trying to get mining rights near there. It's it's dumb. Please don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, 
The Grand Canyon is a river valley in the Colorado Plateau that exposes uplifted proto- Proterozoic and Paleozoic strata, blah, blah, blah. Uplift associated with the mountain formation later moved these sediments thousands of feet upward and created the Colorado Plateau. Guess what I'm clicking? Mountain. It's oh, late. Jeez, mountain. Boom. So, just one more thing here. Too. I don't know why I always get attracted to like the, the dark things on these pages. <laughs> Great. Um, but fatalities in the Grand Canyon. Oh, there have been okay. about 600 deaths Only since the 1870s. Yeah. Wow. That's um, way lower than I expected. Of the fatalities, 53 have resulted from falls, 65 due to environmental causes such as heat stroke, uh, dehydration, and hypothermia. Okay. Uh, seven were caught in flash floods, 79 Ooh. drowned in the Colorado River. <laughs> oh, no. 242 perished in airplane and helicopter crashes, um, mm. 128 of them in one incident in 1956. Ugh. Uh, 25 died in freak errors and accidents, including lightning strikes and rock falls, and 23 were the victims of homicides. What? Whoa, yep. what? <laughs> ah. <laughs> well. Pe- people killing people in the Grand Canyon. Wow. Sure. I mean, if you're going to do if it. you're going to do it. I guess. <laughs> it's, we're awful. <laughs> no. it's, it's at least a really pretty place to go out. Dang. So, wow. Kyle has gone to plain the old mountain. sane mountains. Just mountain. And Sky has gone to mountains of madness. They're so mad. I don't so even know. Mad. Did we go here too when we were talking about Lovecraft? I don't think. I don't think we, we did. Lovecraft no. was our like end point. Yes, it was. Yes. So I don't think we talked about the mountains of madness. But it's a little novella by him. He wrote it in <laughs> 1931. It was rejected. Oh. Because it was too long. Oh. And then it got serialized. <laughs> so everything's okay. <laughs> So did he attempt to write a novella and ended up accidentally writing a novel? Is that what happened? I think mm-hmm. he, the publications at the time that were accepting this sort of writing <laughs> nice. probably just wanted to be like two pages long. Nice job. Good job. The Pulp Good Magazine. Cover. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, uh, the title. Do you guys know where the title comes from? I just um, thought they were mountains that um, <laughs> caused madness. There's a so, short story. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to guess. Oh, I was going to guess it was based on something from an opera. Okay. Uh, it's close. Mm-hmm. There's oh, a really? short story by fantasy writer Edward Pluckett. Um, <laughs> uh, wait, wait. Edward Pluckett, comma, Lord Dunsey. Is that Edward Pluckett's like title? I Lord hope, Dunsey? I hope it's both. No, yeah. Edward Pluckett, 18th Baron of Dunsey. Oh, Dun- so Dunsey. Dunsey. Where's that? And we came in, the quote is, I came I from bit, 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 we, bit, and we came at last to those ivory hills that are named the Mountains of Madness. Wow. The story was inadvertently popularized, or it, <laughs> it has inadvertently popularized the concept of ancient astronauts, as well as Antarctica's place in the ancient astronaut mythology. What? Yep. Wait. There's an a- ancient astronaut uh, hypothesis. Okay. Yep. So Dun- Dunsany, Dunsany is Dunsany Castle in Ireland. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, dude worked with Yates and Lady Gregory. Oh, dang. Pretty cool. Um, really, yeah. Lived and a cool life, it looks. Neat. But we'll, we'll probably reach him another time. Yep, sometime. Yeah, so this story is about a dude that goes down to help the scientist hanging out in Antarctica and they find weird stuff and people die 
and they find weird mountain shapes, <laughs> weird shapes in mountains, and okay. stuff goes down. Um, Good summary, Sky. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. What else is there to talk about in here? Probably not anything. So what are you clicking on? Um, well, Mountain I, shows up here a lot. I was going to say, did I just block you? But not... It's none of it's linked. Oh, what? Except the Himalayas. Oh, what? Wow. What? Wow. I did not expect that to happen. I'm going to a specific Himalaya or a specific mountain. Himalaya. <laughs> also Himalaya? a specific Himalaya. <laughs> no, the wow. Himalayas or Himalaya. It can just be. Oh, singular. okay. I did not so, realize. So which one are you going to? Himalayas. Himalayas. And I'm just at mountain. There's actually on this page they have for other uses see mountain disambiguation. I really want to click this. Hang on a second. Uh, mountain states, mountain province, mountain Wisconsin, mountain Manitoba, mountain North Dakota. Okay, I got it. Uh, there are several albums. There's a print song called Mountains. <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. Okay, well there we go. Oh, there's a video game. Oh, I've seen this. A video game called Mountain. Called uh, by a guy named David O'Reilly. Have you guys played this game? It's just called no. Mountain. Yeah, it's. I... Oh, you you like play a mountain, right? No, you don't oh. do anything. It's like you create a little virtual environment, and you just watch it be a virtual environment. That's the entire game. Huh. Oh, okay. It's it's a neat idea, actually. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like a game. Sort of like Gone oh, Home. Are we gonna are we gonna get into this? No, I'm just kidding. I'm playing Gone Home right now, and I really like it. Yeah, I've heard I've heard it's really good. Yeah. Um, no, I it's actually part of a humble bundle that I got recently, and uh, Mountain is I mean, and I I intend sometime to just kind of leave it on in the background, just mm-hmm. to see what weird things happen as nature. Uh, like I think one of the uh, features of the game is like nature expresses itself. Like I'm into it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I'm into it too. So um, we should. I should get this game and we can compare mountains. I yes, we could do that. <laughs> um, if you well, actually, if you got the humble bundle with the Monster Hunter, um, oh yeah, demo in it, then you. Oh, got I did it. get that, so I do mountain, have it. M- mountain is in that bundle. Oh dang! Yeah, we'll just have to like compare watch our mountains. I did not. Which sounds very sexual. Yep. (laughs) Sounds like something that high schoolers do. Yep. (laughs) But okay. (laughs) Well, anyway. Anyway. So I just want to do this just just real quick. They have a. uh, I'm going to skip this top part about mountains. Whatever. The top part is the least interesting part of a mountain anyway. Uh, Definition. The very first part of this. Sky or Tim, how would you define what a mountain is? It's. It's like a hill, but taller. <laughs> Sky? Like land that got together. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think we, if we combine our, our definitions, we might get a sky. It's land that came together to be taller than a hill. So, according to this, and I Wait, love that this is on this it's, page. It's dirt that wants to get higher than the rest of the dirt. I like it. And so it just keeps piling on to each other. Top of each <laughs> so other. I, I can do it. <clears throat> I can be better than myself. Uh, according to this, and I really love that this is actually written on this page. 
There is no universally accepted definition of a mountain, period. Oh, we're that's, all right. That's all. <laughs> the mountain is unknowable, which sounds like maybe that maybe that's why like mystics and shamans go to mountains. So and monks, they have they say elevation, volume, relief, steepness, spacing and continuity have been used as criteria for defining a mountain. That's cited. Oh, I got to see where that goes to. I got I, Let's see. Mountain Mountain Environments an examination of the physical geography of mountains from 1990. So mountains have been unknowable since 1990. <laughs> <laughs> And then, if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough of the the best part of this page, in the Oxford English Dictionary, a mountain is defined. <laughs> it's just three question marks. <laughs> question mark? <laughs> As, quote, a natural elevation of the Earth's surface rising more or less abruptly <laughs> from the surrounding level and attaining an altitude which, relatively to the adjacent elevation, is impressive or notable. Oh my gosh. Wow. They use and, it for like <laughs> they're defining it by like su- very subjective guide. Like, is this an impressive? <laughs> do, you, do you think this is a mountain? It's a, then it's probably a mountain. I don't know if it's impressive. Ooh do, boy. Ooh, that, uh, that that just makes me think there's like a New York Times mountain critic that like every <laughs> <laughs> like. Well, I don't know. K two was impressive, but I don't know if it's if it, its contributions are notable for to the discourse of our of our modern day oh man oh i love it i love it i want to be a mountain critic uh, <laughs> so <laughs> i really and uh, this page is so great too because they go into geog uh, into the geology even though mountains are unknowable there are three main types of mountains they are <clears throat> volcanic fold and block the uh, volcanoes are exactly what you think they are. Fold mountains happen when two plates uh, collide and they actually kind of fold over each other. So one part of it just becomes basically thicker than the other as it folds on top of the other. And okay, then, sure. <laughs> yeah. Mount Fuji then, is one. That's accurate. Then the block mountains, let's see, block mountains are caused by fault in the Oh, crosses. no, I'm sorry. Mount Fuji is a volcano. Oh, no, I'm reading. Yeah, I was no, wondering. No, sorry. They have. They say the Jura Mountains are an example of fold mountains. Sorry. Okay. I don't know which those which those mountains are. Mountains that nobody's heard about. <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah, yeah. So there's a bunch of ways that mountains are made. Although we don't know anything about them, they may as well not exist. <laughs> uh, so in society, which is a sorry, that just reminds me that. Um, of, of Night Vale again. Oh, how they don't believe the mountains, and now I've I oh, figured yeah. they actually have a good reason not to. See, <laughs> they they actually had a point. Uh, minerals often occur in mountains. You think with mining being an important <laughs> component of the economics of some whoa some montane societies. That's a Ooh. word I want to use at some point. It almost sounds like an insult. Sounds like a good last name. Oh, you're so Montaigne. Oh, uh, that's that was the uh, that's the end uh, of the critique of this week's uh, you know mountain critic column. Well, oh, I guess it's just Montaigne. Uh, more recently, tourism supports mountain communities with, with 
mountain communities with some extensive development or intensive development around attractions such as, oh, I don't know, national parks or ski resorts. Damn it. Oh, really? Really. Dang. Is it linked? It is linked. Dang. Dang. Uh, Following that note, about 80% of mountain people live below the poverty line. So above the death zone line, but below the poverty line, which is still also kind of a death zone. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they felt like that had to be linked there. Or had to be mentioned specifically. But ski resort is, and it is linked. (sighs) About 80% of mountain people cannot enjoy ski resorts. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) That's, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think that might be why it's there. Pretty much to imply that. Yes. Here's what, you know, you put for rich people, and then most of the people here can't actually do it. Well... Well, congratulations, Kyle. You Thank found you. the ski resort. Yay. Hooray. Dun, dun, Did you want to say dun. anything about Himalayas, Sky? No, you know there's no ski in- resorts, which is real disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what lives at the foothills of the Himalayas? The red pandas. Yes, the red oh. pandas do. That's why oh. I came here for you. Thank you, oh. except it's not on the page. I already checked. Whoa. <laughs> you know what else there are? What? Yetis? Uh, cold favor extremophile organisms. I'm sorry. Say Ooh, again. What? Extremophile. <laughs> an extremophile is an organism that thrives in physically or geochemically extreme conditions that are detrimental to most life on Earth. Does it like to spread on a snowboard? So, like they- organism, like organisms are just like normal, like or <laughs> like like ordinary mundane but then there's extremophiles they're not just extreme they love being extreme how was there not a show in the 90s called extremophiles that just showed like (laughs) up and coming like snowboarders and and uh and skateboarders like how that's the most 90s things i ever heard good questions so so what you're describing then is a is an organism that is like you know what? Nothing else can live here, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I um, love the it, challenge. It's easy. it's easy. You guys just suck it up. Most of them are, are microbes. Just really? little microbes. <laughs> yep. I'm um, looking to see if there's anything like this is how they became. Things. <laughs> extreme. That became extreme. DNA transfer. Yep. Of course it um, is. <laughs> It they can't can be they can transfer normal. DNA from one cell to another cell, followed by integration of the donor DNA into a recipient cell's chromosome. What? Several extremophiles are able to carry out specific or species-specific DNA transfer, as described below. Are you talking about cloning? You're, sounds wow. like you're describing cloning. It's one of the most. It's one of the most ra- like the the bacterium Dinocosis radionrans is one of the most radio-resistant organisms known. It can also survive cold, dehydration, vacuum, and acid, and is what? thus known as a polyextremophile. Wow. <laughs> it is competent to perform genetic transformation. Recipient cells are able to repair DNA damage to donor transforming DNA that has UV irradiated as efficiently as they repair cellular DNA when the cells themselves are irradiated. This is not right. This sounds like X X Men stuff. This sounds like Mountains of Madness. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I think you actually. Are you sure this isn't like a prehistoric astronauts? Yeah, Yeah, I know, right? Nope. This is in real life. They are among us. So, okay. So, 
octopuses are aliens and these tiny and these tiny uh, organisms are if, also aliens. If octopi can figure out how to become extremophiles and transfer DNA, God help We're us all. all. Oh yep. my gosh. They will just rule. transfer it from like a rhino and become like really strong. <laughs> the great <laughs> horned like, octopus will be real strong. Like they'll just like slap slap up onto a rhino. Yeah, I was gonna say, be but like, like I have rhino around. powers now, and then they'll then there'll be a parrot, and they'll just grab it, and suddenly they're flying. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is dangerous, guys. <laughs> awesome. And the downfall, the downfall will finally when they when they. <laughs> <laughs> when they get a, get their like suckers on a man and then it's like oh like oh well now i have ennui and i'm done <laughs> oh. existential crisis I don't even what, need is these it, what does it all mean what are mountains uh, uh well that's anyway, terrifying nice job way to get to ski resorts thanks yeah, well he, he was a higher level than you when we started so yeah right i, I had a i had think a snow boost. bunny would be able to figure out the freaking ski resorts true maybe not is that, a, is that an actual class or are you making that up i just I mean, made it, that up it is in our teenage mutant Ninja turtle rpg that oh, we're gonna do yeah what oh right it, it must be now well just an arctic hare we already have our villain. I mean, that's a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jeez. Uh, Master hologram. Someday we'll make this happen. Yeah. Some off week. I'm feeling spry. <laughs> we'll record yes. that. Oh man, I want to so bad. <laughs> so um, there's a ski resort. Yeah. Which I mean, it's a resort developed for skiing. Literally, right in the name. It's yeah. right there. Uh, mm-hmm. And other winter sports. Uh, in Europe, most ski resorts are towns or villages or adjacent to a ski area. And a mountainous area with pistes, ski trails, and a ski lift system, which are just naturally there. I mean, they're commonly occurring. Uh, in North America, it's more common for ski areas to exist well away from towns. So I mean, so that's, ski- that's everything in America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, well. Do you uh, have a car? Then you, you can well, get there. Well, it's nearby then. Yeah. True. Um, so they're destination resorts where skiing is the main activity. Yeah. I don't know what they're implying with the rest of that. I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, There's different sure. types of ski resorts. Uh, yeah, multiple. I really like the description of the fourth generation ski resort. I, I uh, haven't even read it yet. Whoa, like whoa. The first generation is just developed around a well-established <laughs> summer resort or village. Yeah. The second is created from a non-tourist village or pasture. Okay. Mm. Third generation or integrated, designed from scratch on virgin territory to be purpose-built ski resort. All the amenities and services are nearby. And then fourth generation, created from virgin territory or around an existing village, but more concerned with traditional usage. Oh my gosh. So <clears throat> so traditional skiing uses or village uses? I don't yeah, know. Good question. It's not a great description, <laughs> but it kind of makes it better. Yeah, I suppose so. This term ski station is also used, except it's not. No one has ever said that <laughs> I don't in the think, history wait, of man. Is, <laughs> is that a thing that they use to describe? They do. It says that they that. do in Europe. Oh, yeah. sure. They do a lot of things in Europe, Sky. They do. Like, so, refer to them as ski stations. That's a thing they do. Yep. One of the big considerations for people visiting ski resorts is après ski, French for <laughs> after skiing. Yeah. So what kind of nightlife, what kind of other entertainment does it have besides skiing and snowboarding? You would think um, that that would be enough. 
The culture originated in the Alps where it is most popular and where skiers often stop at bars on their last run of the day while still wearing all their ski gear. They Ooh, still yeah. have their skis on? I no. guess. Yeah, you, you take off that your skis, but you have your boots on. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, people that browse ski resort and hotel websites will commonly seek seek mention of the quality of the après ski in the area. Such And such information is often found. What? How? That's not even a sentence, is it? Uh, they, that's also citation needed. Yeah. Uh, it is therefore seen as an important factor for skiers to consider before booking a holiday. Citation needed. The concept is similar to the 19th hole in golf. Citation needed. Wow. <laughs> so that would be a fun thing to like implement into your Dungeons and Dragons session. Like, oh, your quest will take you to this, you know, town. Be like, what is the Apre quest in that town? Do they have a? Do they have an inn? Do they have any what, nice nightlife there? Yeah, what kind of? You know, what, what are we going to do after we after we get the, the red slay potion the, back from yeah. the witch or whatever? I don't know. Yes, slay the dragon. Oh yeah. man! Whoa, whoa, whoa! I just found a really awesome part that I wish was linked but is not. In recent years, the use of snow cannons have increased due to the fall of volume of snow. Why is snow cannons not linked on this page? I don't know, but that's True. fantastic. Oh, man, I really want to know more about this now. <laughs> is it even is it even spelled correctly? <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Snow it's cannons snow with C A N O N S, so snow stories. It's the it's the true facts about snow. <laughs> Which is not, oh man, it's so different from the, uh, from what you would have if, if you did the true facts about a mountain. Okay, yeah, there is actually a page for snow cannons. They just didn't spell it right. It's, uh, on the snowmaking page. Ah, uh, the dudes. Redirected from well, snow cannons. I'm looking at the history of edits on this page, and I'm not surprised, because man, do we have some ham-fisted guys working on this one. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. How so? Uh, yeah, they... people taking out uh, citations saying that it's common knowledge. Oh, dang. I can't see what they were saying, mm. but they, they removed examples, uh, reorganized the images. Instead of using that, the horrendous gallery that was here is what, what they said. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Um, there's one in here. Remove reference to ski injuries. What? That's completely, important information. Completely irrelevant is what no. it says. No, that's uh, important. <laughs> yeah. I need to know about that. <laughs> I think uh, I think Big Ski has its marks all over this page. Clarified <laughs> ski station. I'm sorry. No, there's no way to <laughs> to defend that. Um, changed an end dash. Uh, oh, they are, are fixed a hyphen. Me? That was an end dash. Okay. So, or that was an, a, a hyphen. This should have been an end dash. Okay, whatever. <laughs> oh man, there was one that was they fixed some vandalism, and I don't know how to see. I'm not, I'm not, not fluent enough in this to know what to figure out like where I can find what they deleted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> well, I can. But I, the, the the guy who did it was his username is HMS Soylent. So of course it is. Of, of course, course he is. is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can't help you there, but I can tell you about snow cannons because they're amazing. Uh, <laughs> basically, it's super cooled ice and or water and air mixed together and forced through a, a, a fan. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Okay. Uh, but they have different kinds. 
There are kinds where it is, okay, <clears throat> the internal mixing gun that has a chamber inside it where the water and air are mixed together and fluff, you know, and fluffed up and, <clears throat> you know, and, and, <laughs> and forced through jets. Please do that again. <laughs> I don't know if I can now. Well, I can, there are three more, Tim, so I'll have a chance. Okay. Uh, external, <laughs> external mixing guns have a nozzle spraying water as a stream and air nozzles shooting air through the through this water stream to break it up into much smaller water particles and then those freeze so that's more like a all right gotcha and then um fan guns that are different from all the other guns because they require electricity to power wait those are not electrically powered oh hold on (laughs) it doesn't say anything about that okay uh it uses compressed air and water and I don't, I can't make a fan noise. I'm sorry. <laughs> like that, I guess. There you go. Uh, and then the wind from the large fan blows the mist into the air where it achieves a long hang time, it says. <laughs> and then that creates snow. Okay, this one, I can't even attempt to make a noise for because I can we, only imagine. We had this, we had these at the ski resort I worked, worked at. This is, this yeah. is my D&D weapon. Snow lances are up to 12 meter long, vertically inclined aluminum tubes at the head of which are placed water and or air nucleators. Air is blown through the atomized water at the outlet from the water nozzle. Oh, my gosh. It launches a a bolt of snow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yep. I would want to use that as an actual weapon. What does the sky? Does it have a sound? What is what do they sound like? I don't remember a sound. Oh, man. But it was probably of death. I destruction like, well see because it's it's like a like it's a, a cannon essentially i'm imagining it like says a that t- it's quieter than a fan gun like a t-shirt cannon is what i'm imagining it's got stealth <laughs> like that uh well it's constant oh okay so well, it's more right, like uh air condition unit which isn't oh, okay. as exciting as t-shirt gun <laughs> i'm still going to imagine it as a t-shirt t-shirt gun okay um, nice. And then other, I just want to mention this, the last thing here in Swedish, the phrase snow cannon, and they have it written here in Swedish, I suppose. Snow uh, cannon. Uh, go ahead. It, it, whoa. I what? just had my mind blown, but <laughs> I'll let you finish. <laughs> Thank you. I think uh, is used to designate the lake effects snow weather phenomenon. For example, if the Baltic Sea is not yet frozen in January, cold winds from from Siberia may lead to a significant snowfall, which I guess is a snow cannon. Aw. So the reason I was losing my mind is that under snow lances here, the last sentence says, uh, there are also small mobile systems for the home user that are operated by the garden connection. (laughs) Yeah. And then in parentheses and capitals. Home snow. Yeah. Home snow. So... Mobile home <laughs> snow lance. Spray Mobile foam. home snow lance? Yeah, it doesn't quite work. <laughs> Is the garden connection like, are they talking about like the hose? Like water connection? Yeah, I or think. Or is the garden connection like a secret homeowner's cabal? <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty great. All right, I'm just sending this over to you guys. This is Nessie. The uh, new efficient, I'm not not kidding, that's what it's called. Uh, The new efficient energy, energy efficient Snowland system and winner of the Swiss Excellence Product Award in 2010. With up to 90% lower energy costs due to reduced air consumption, 80% less noise, 
Snow can begin to be sprayed starting at one at negative one point five Celsius wet bulb. I don't know. <laughs> and then and then it has an asterisk and it says under suitable conditions. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, aren't you, you describing the suitable conditions? <laughs> you can't do it in the. Hold on, they have one. I found home snow. I found home snow. It's down. It's farther down on the page. Oh, okay. Home so this is actually one. the home ones. Okay. If, oh, it's adorable! Snow, Look at it. <laughs> it's so cute. Got the first like, snowmaker like for the home. It can, uh, it can double as a high-pressure cleaner and do-it-yourself <laughs> compressor. Yeah. Oh no! For private use in gardens. Wait, wait, wait! wait. <laughs> for hotels and clubs or public facilities such as kindergartens, <laughs> schools, and communities. <laughs> It's time for recess. Simply connect the lamp to the high pressure cleaner. Hook the high pressure cleaner up to the water pipe, and the snowmaking can begin immediately. Hey, hey kids, Elsa got nothing on me. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh, One to 1.5 meters, square meters of snow per hour. That's a lot of snow. Insert oh the stand tube of the lance either into a parasol <laughs> stand or into the ground via oh. a screw foundation. Ob- optionally available. available. Oh, so amazing. How can we achieve? How can we get one of these things? I don't. How do you, it doesn't have prices on here? I want to know <laughs> how much. Please, two snow. Please let us. You know, contact us. <laughs> contact. Uh, All right, let us know. know. We look forward to your inquiry about our snow pro- <laughs> two snow products. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we should first name. We should. Yeah. Last name, no better. No better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, company, oh, we should know better. It's so, tilt adjustable. Uh, we should. So is know this is this better. the thing that's going to make us bite and actually start a Patreon? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yes. <laughs> yes. Please buy our podcast, a Snowlands. <laughs> a Snowlands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's high Great. snow quality, guys. I mean. Are you are you actually are you actually contacting them, Sky? Yes. Okay. Please do that. While How you d- much are three <laughs> home snow systems? Home snow systems. How many would you need for two kinder gardens? Can we get a bulk <laughs> discount? Gosh. Thank what you. if you ship yours and Tim's together? Oh yeah, oh, I mean nice. we're gonna ship them all together. You're just gonna have to come and get yours, Kyle. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll wait and see what they say. But yeah, nice job getting there, Kyle. Yeah, congratulations, Kyle. Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> and thank oh, you. Oh my gosh, oh, this mountain. <laughs> This advertisement for that mountain game says, fulfill your dreams of being a mountain. <laughs> Tim, you're the one who started this. You brought I know. Us here. I'm, I could just have to sit back as it all like just <laughs> fell into madness. Kyle, we should start a second podcast all about our mountains. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You just call yes. it comparing mountains. Yes, comparing mountains. And there's our episode title. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> yes. So. Oh, good job, you guys. This is a, this is a good one. <laughs> thank you for joining us tonight on our journey from D and D to ski resorts and beyond. 
if you would like to uh, listen to more, we are, of course, on iTunes under We Should Know Better. Please feel free to drop us a review if you'd like. You can also find us on Facebook at We Should Know Better, on Twitter at WSKBcast, and on Blogspot at WSKBcast.blogspot.com. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel where we make fun of art and uh, have done a couple other <laughs> things. Is is the um, Keep Talking video on there? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, we oh. play a game where we um, often fail to disarm bombs. Yeah, we got to do that again. We should. We should play something else, actually. Um, I, oh, could we record Drawful? <gasps> yeah, we could. I was actually thinking about that. Oh, that would be That would be we, a good one. We could record Drawful. Yeah. Excellent. Let's do that one, too. So, yeah, what maybe, we should do yeah. is arrange via Twitter or something, like, a, a playthrough with, with fans. Yeah, let's. We should do that. I say we do it. Let's let's make that happen. Yes, hey. this sounds good. Let, let's alert both All of our fans. Two of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you would like to significantly significantly increase our fan percentage numbers, join us up on Twitter, and maybe you can join us in a game of Drawful sometime. That would be amazing. It would. Until then, though, uh, that's it uh, for us tonight. Oh, I've maybe got, it's I've not. I actually got one thing. Uh, Kyle <laughs> was recently on a podcast. What? What? Another podcast. I, I was? Yes. I don't. What? Talking about tiny games. I did. Uh, I was on a game or a uh, a podcast called Pico Chat, where I talked about tiny games with uh, my friend Tony. <clears throat> and uh, if you guys have not heard about the Pico Eight game system, it is a very creative and clever uh tiny it basically is uh, i think each cartridge can only be 32 kilobytes large it's an 8-bit system that's playable in any in a web browser and uh people have made some really neat things using i mean it's really hugely restrictive as game making goes but people have really uh like stepped up to it and made some really like neat ideas and tried out some mechanics that are a little bit different than what you'd, what you'd expect. Um, <clears throat> I actually made, uh, I, I linked to a couple things in, in the games that I had played for this. Oh, there was a, a game jam and, and Tony and I went through and talked about all the games that were in that, in that particular jam. Uh, my particular favorite for that jam was called Floatfall. Oh um, yeah, I played that one. Oh, it's so good. It was oh, cool. I'll have to try that. It's kind of like uh, Downwell, except like chill. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And the nice thing about this is that they're generally fairly simple games, so you don't have to expend a lot of energy to get into them. And uh, although there are some great jokes, too, um, my second favorite game out of the jam is uh, Fish Painter Deluxe. Uh, Or 3D Fish Painter Deluxe, and it is an amazing game, and you should all play it. Nice. Um, yeah, but then uh, you should also, and then the last one that I'll recommend was not one from that from that jam, but one that I was linked to just after the jam, and I don't know why Tony didn't link to, link it to me before, uh, called Hog Arena, and it, it is incredible. You play a bear that likes to give hugs, and you try to make friends with everyone before they beat you up. Very nice. You can find that at. Uh pico.electrobureau so that's p-i-c-o dot 
uh, electro, so E-L-E-C-T-R-O, Bureau, B-U-R-E-A-U.com. Uh, also, the podcast itself is on iTunes. So if you just search for Pico Chat there, uh, you should be able to find it there as well. Cool. Yeah. I think right. that's it. We're yeah, good? that's it. All right. <laughs> wow. Have a good night, everybody. See you later. <laughs> too. Bye. The I'm glad you like that. A mama raccoon and one of her babies, known as a kit, mm-hmm. from which you make a raccoon. A racket. <laughs> yeah. No, I just like that it. It always makes me. It puts me in the mind that you have like like a raccoon just receives a box full of parts. Oh yeah. It's like, <laughs> one. Like there's like an raccoon. ear over here. <laughs> but you don't want to end up with extra parts. I mean, that's just gonna. That's a. That's just a mess. That's Ooh. true. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm I'm stalling. You gotta I, separate the trash from the panda. <laughs> it's pretty much all trash, but at least it's cute. Oh. <laughs>